0: Welcome to How to Split a Toaster, a divorce podcast about saving your relationships from true story FM. We know it's wronged you, but it's time to forgive your toaster.
1: Welcome to the show, everybody. I'm Seth Nelson. As always, I'm here with my good friend, Pete Wright. We're kicking off season seven of the podcast this week, and we're talking about forgiveness. Believe me, you'll be tempted to hold the grudge, a big grudge. You'll be taunted by the thoughts of revenge. But the one thing that's going to help you get to the other side of the emotional mountain of your divorce is going to be your ability to forgive. To help us through it all, we welcome back our old friend, Elizabeth Ann Atkins. America's book coach and author of more than 40 books, wellness coach, and co-host of MI Healthy Mind, the Emmy-nominated TV talk show in Michigan with a focus on shattering stigma around mental illness, addiction, and abuse. Elizabeth, welcome back to The Toaster.
2: Oh, thank you. I'm thrilled to be here. (laughs)
0: <laughs> what a good seven season seven guest, Wow to have you here kicking Elizabeth. it off seven awesome. seasons of this show. It's wow. been it's we're really excited to have you here, and I think a really great topic to kick us off uh, and and set the mood um uh, to to talk about. Uh, how to yeah you know, the last time you were on we were talking about holding your head high through divorce right and, and keeping your your spirits up in a time that is very very low yes. uh, and, and so here it, it feels like a perfect chapter two mm-hmm. to that conversation mm-hmm. and what better time mm-hmm. you just celebrated your 20 anniversary of uh, Leaving Starting my your own divorce process Yeah, yeah. Leaving your marriage mm-hmm. So get us up to speed A little bit on On your journey First of all For folks who Who haven't listened to that Original episode in a while uh, Talk about your Divorce process Just briefly and, mm-hmm. and lead us into This Where you stand on forgiveness Sure
2: I was with him for 10 years And it was a fairy tale That began You know In that purple haze of romance And that it ends in the stark Horrors of a courtroom And I just was so so disappointed and and hurt. And I had a four and a half year old child and I left him and it was horrible for 16 years. He was verbally abusive. I had four restraining orders against him. And then when our son was in college, uh, my ex-husband had a stroke and ended up in the ICU, unconscious in a coma. And our son was at college and I promised him I'd make sure dad was okay because I wanted my son to have a dad. So I literally stood at his bedside and said, I forgive you. And he couldn't hear me. He was in a freaking Mm -hmm. coma. But guess what? Forgiveness isn't about the other person. It's about you. And I literally felt this weight lift off my shoulders. And from there on, I was just there advocating for his wellness. And he came out of the coma miraculously on Good Friday. (laughs) (laughs) And then now he thinks I'm an angel. And that was five years ago. And we have a great relationship. And it's I never would have imagined because he really put me through hell.
0: Well, and you so you carried that whole sort of spirit of Uh, grudge for many, many years after your divorce.
2: I did. I did, but I always had a turn-the-other-cheek attitude toward the verbal vileness, and Mm -hmm. it was all for the sake of keeping the peace for our son, because we still had to be co-parents. And that's what mattered. People were telling me, you need to cuss him out, you need to blah, blah, blah. And the times that I did, it only devolved into a terrible place,
1: those those must have been the same friends when you're sitting there and he's in a coma that are like just trip over the cord, <laughs> <laughs> right? Is, is that what they were saying? Not not <laughs> advice ex- from counsel. <laughs> no, no, it was total accident. <laughs> Pete, I. I, I <laughs>
2: well, his friends, who many of whom were doctors, came in to visit, and they're like, "My ex-wife would have just let me die."
1: Oh <laughs>
0: my god. <laughs> Well, you know why I'm I'm so interested in this? And I know I'm I am sure forgiveness is not in Black's law dictionary. Uh, but correct me if I'm wrong, Seth. How how important is forgiveness to the legal process of divorce?
1: I think that it's the single thing that is probably not talked about at all. Not not talked about enough. We we don't yeah. talk about forgiveness. Yeah. Um, And the reason we don't talk about forgiveness, it's a little hard to forgive when you're still dealing with incoming fire, Mm -hmm. right? So I get why Elizabeth, quote unquote, held a grudge for 20 years. Well, within that 20 years, she had to get four restraining orders. It's a little hard to forgive when someone's stalking you, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And it's a little hard to forgive when at the time that I'm talking to them, because as we've talked about before, Pete, Whether we like it or not, our legal system to solve disputes is an adversarial system. The worst place to put parents that need to co-parent is -hmm. in an adversarial position. But when they're in that position and they're still throwing bombs and you still feel like they're trying to take your child and you still feel like they're trying to take your money and that they don't care what happens to you and they're doing character assassination in and outside of the courtroom, it's hard to forgive in the moment. Once you get separated and divorced and you have time to work on yourself, then I think it's easier difficult still, but easier than at the actual time of the divorce.
0: Yeah, I can I I, I... I can sense that and I I feel like coming out of this like even carrying the grudge Elizabeth it, it feels like the weight of such a monumental transition for your former spouse sitting in that hospital unconscious you know post stroke is is an act of awakening is that is that fair that it that it was a triggering event to to awaken this sort of need to forgive. Is that a fair way to put it? Yes, because fair, uh, forgiveness
2: on my part is was for me, but then he had to evolve and, and come to n- realize what had happened in the past. So his health crisis that could have very well taken his life inspired him to reflect on the past. And he re, re, he apologized to me and our son.
0: That's what I'm kind of getting at. Like the idea of uh, to, to figure out how, if you're listening to this, what... What you're looking for to find an anchor to to sort of ground you in in finding an ability to forgive, Mm -hmm. because to Seth's point, like when you are dealing with incoming fire, like how could you possibly even have your eyes open Mm -hmm. to opportunity forgive Mm -hmm. to forgive? Right. Mm -hmm. Like is is forgiveness post-divorce possible if only one person does it? Yes. If a tree falls in the forest kind of a thing?
2: No, because it's all about you. It's it's like, um, I think Nelson Mandela said, holding on to anger is like holding on to a hot rock. You're the only one who gets burned. Mm-hmm. Um, so the anchor, the anchor, the inspiration, the motivation, why shouldn't you even bother to invest energy into that forgiveness? It's your future, Because if you carry all that anger, rage, okay, rage, I had a kickboxing dummy in my living room that I called MF, the whole word, that was his name, and I wailed on it daily to get my anger out. I was so mad. And so if you carry that into your future, forget about having a healthy relationship with anyone in terms of romance and trying to...
1: Forget about a relationship. Forget about the relationship you're having with yourself. (laughs) You're, you're just miserable the whole time. You got a yeah. kickboxing guy that you're kicking the shit out of every day. <laughs> I got uh, I to tell me. you, I got better things to do with my time.
0: Yeah, that's like <laughs> the most awesome and sad thing I've ever heard. <laughs> it
2: was great, but guess what? I got rid of that guy. I don't have yeah. a kickboxing dummy. I'm so peaceful and so happy yeah. and joyous, and I don't look like what I've been through. And that's my mission and my message to share with men and women especially if they're going through or thinking about or have been through a divorce. You do not have to look like what you've been through and you don't have to carry the anger with you. You can make peace, harmony, and have forgiveness.
1: And here's the thing, my my view on forgiveness. It's really hard. (laughs) Let me start with that because you have to reach deep inside to your core Mm -hmm. and say all these things and all my perceptions and everything that happened to me that is not my fault, to, to look across the table, so to speak, and to tell someone, I forgive you. <laughs> and you might get hit with, well, I didn't do shit wrong. I don't know what you're forgiving me about, Ooh. right? Like it, it's, it's, it's this whole other thing that it makes no difference in the moment what that other person says. Mm-hmm. The person that you're forgiving is actually, in my view, the side player, mm-hmm. the supporting actor at best, mm-hmm. because it's about you. And whether deep in your heart, you can say, "I'm letting this go," mm-hmm. and I'm letting this go to the point where I'm saying, "I forgive you." I'm never, I'm never going to carry these heavy rocks on my back again. Mm-hmm. And I'm putting them down, and I'm going to move on with my life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That I'm, is really powerful,
0: mm-hmm. Seth. Though, like speaking not to you as attorney, but to you as uh, divorcee, the your divorce was not. Terribly contentious, right? I mean, you you didn't, didn't in
1: and out in three months. Okay, so the whole divorce done in three months. It it was emotional. It yeah, was, yeah. It was difficult. But what did
0: you have to? What did do? You, uh, talk about your experience of of finding forgiveness in you know a what is a
1: emotionally small divorce? Like I imagine you still had baggage, right? Oh hell yeah, absolutely. I actually think the true forgiveness didn't come for years later from both sides. Mm -hmm. I'm just trying to like, if I can even picture the moment that it happened and I don't know that I can picture the moment that it happened. I do know that um, at one point I called up my former spouse and asked for her daughter's social security number. It was my former stepdaughter and she's like, yeah, you can have it, but why? And I said, well, I'm getting some life insurance and I want to leave her a little bit. And she goes, you don't need to do that, but it's very generous. You really should save your money on your premium. I'm saying, look, don't worry about it. It's not that much more in the premium for what we're getting for uh, our son. And I said, but please don't ask me how much I'm getting. Because I'll tell you the value of the life insurance. Mm-hmm. And she goes, okay, I won't. But why? I said, because you'll want to whack me. Right, <laughs> and and this is the moment. This is the moment I knew she had forgiven me mm. because she says to me, "The time for that has passed." Oh wow! Oh so, <laughs> <Whoa>. wow! <laughs> which I thought was hilarious. That's oh, amazing, yeah. and, and it you was didn't so even
0: have to get a, to have a stroke yourself to get there.
1: <laughs> exactly, uh-uh. exactly. So we certainly got to where we forgave each other um and and, you know as as you know pete we have a a very close relationship just last night there was a function at my uh, son's school we sat next to each other her uh husband was there who's an amazing uh role model and loves my son to, to death so it's all great now but i was just thinking when elizabeth said she's been divorced or you know Separated, walked away from that marriage for twenty years. Yeah. I did the math; it's been sixteen years for me. Oh wow, yeah. that's a long time. So, yeah, or roughly that number. I don't know the exact date, mm-hmm. but uh, my son was two and a half, mm-hmm. and he's eighteen now. Mm-hmm. Uh, do the math, mm-hmm, right? Yeah, um, right. So that's just a long time to be carrying around some baggage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, right? that's- I mean. That's like the baggage that your grandparents had with the little wheels that didn't work and you're dragging it yeah. along mm-hmm. still, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah,
0: yeah. And I think that's really important because I I want to underscore the value of forgiveness, not as a measure of the size of the of the uh, struggle in your divorce, because to Elizabeth's point, right, if it's not about Forgiving the other person, if it's about allowing yourself to wake up to this to forgiveness, then it doesn't matter w- how big the baggage is. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. it it is it's all right. I mean, that's I, i'm I'm thinking if I'm listening to this, I need to be reminded. I'm saying this out loud because I Pete, need to be reminded mm-hmm. of of the power of letting go. Mm-hmm.
2: so it's really important that we share with the listeners today some action steps on actually how to forgive yeah. if I may.
1: Please. Okay. Yeah, because I was thinking you just drink a bunch of tequila and you're good. <laughs> yeah. You have to
0: start <laughs> that swallow. Once temporary... you swallow the worm, you're
1: okay. <laughs> Isn't that how? It, I
0: think that's how it, What it's like.
2: That would be fun and a temporary fix, but you wake up hungover and the problem is still there. So. Yeah. Um. So for me, journaling was probably number one. Sit down, get quiet and still, and block out all the noise. Turn off all your devices. And just start writing. Writing, I forgive myself for, I forgive myself for that, this, and just keep writing. Let it pour out. It's just like when you ate something that upset your stomach and you throw up, you feel better because it's out of your system. So when you write, you're purging those emotions out. You can be as vile as you want to be because it doesn't hurt anybody. It's just on the page of your laptop or your journal that you're writing in. And so write, and with that, just remain quiet and still and contemplative and really think about these questions. Who am I? What do I want? What's blocking me from that? And what action steps do I need to take? I had a very-
1: So Elizabeth, on, on all that, that's all internal looking. You're forgiving yourself. Yes. It's not about the other person at this point. We
2: can't control the other person.
0: This is my, that's my favorite thing. My first therapist told me a thing that stuck with me for 35 years. Mm-hmm. Your power ends with your skin. Ooh. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? Right? Yes. Like, I love that. I think your power ends with your skin. Mm-hmm. You can't, like, what What are you going to go to? Beat someone into forgiving you? Are you going to hold them down until they forgive mm-hmm. you? Of course not. Mm-mm. Right, you. What you can do is inside. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. So, Go on.
2: Seth, the more you do that, the more resistant you become to whatever shenanigans they engage in. So, as I did this process for myself, and he would glare at me in a really mean manner or say something horrible to me, I literally had a Teflon shield around me, like when the rain um, beads up on your windshield because you just got your car washed. It would roll off and I would drive away feeling nothing zero cuz I on the inside had erected this shield around myself because I was doing the work.
1: Yeah, I call that why do you care? <laughs> I literally I had this conversation with a client yesterday. They're so upset about what other people are going to think whether, you know what, his family is mm. going to think that you know, we he won this because we settled it's a great settlement Mm -hmm. for my client Mm -hmm. you know and she actually understood it was a great settlement for a lot of reasons Mm -hmm. and um and oh but what he tells other people why do you care Mm. well you really and we've talked about this before on the show Mm. you have no right to know what other people think about you
2: Mm.
1: and why do you care
2: wow
0: right Mm, that's power. Wow, that's I like really say that again. Talk about that. You have
1: no right. To you count. have no right to know what other people think about you. Wow.
0: But Seth, what if I really, really want to know?
1: Oh, <laughs> well, that you—you you know, fool's errand. You, you might really, really want to know. But why does it matter?
2: Oh.
1: Is it going to change you on what these people think about you?
0: And I guess, com- uh, corollary question: If it did change you, are you? Is that really the person you want to be? Mm-hmm. Who just changes because of what other people think of you? Mm. Oh, Absolutely.
1: that's heavy. Yeah, and it served me well. Yeah, I mean, because what it does is it frees you, and and I think this has happened to me in the arc of where I am in my life and my career. Mm-hmm. Um, but it frees you from. Um, the stressors Mm -hmm. of trying to make people happy. What do they think? Am I doing a good job? Am I not? Now, look, I get it. If you are a young professional in a career Mm -hmm. or a brand new lawyer out of law school, you're going to care what people think Mm -hmm. about you, right? we always said it's your reputation. It's your reputation. It's your reputation. Mm -hmm. Your reputation and your character, you hope match. You Mm -hmm. can only control your character. Mm -hmm. You can't control your reputation right? Mm -hmm. And a lot of what that happens is, I think, to Elizabeth's point, is how people receive what you're saying. Elizabeth's saying, you forgive yourself. You can't control what the other person receives or how they do it. Elizabeth might have said to him 10 years into this, I forgive you, and he could have shot stuff back. And if she had done that hard work and, you know, all that water coming back at her hits that windscreen and it just goes right off Mm -hmm. right that's great Mm -hmm. because it's not about what they're saying or what they think about you
2: yeah wow so uh, i believe in the power of energy and i also believe that my healing energy I osmosis transferred over to him somehow because it's, it's unbelievable. The harmony that we enjoy now. We can go out to dinner with our son and have a ball and everything is good. It's like, that seems like a whole different era. He's such a nice guy and super sweet toward me. It's, it's mind blowing. It's not romantic. It's just harmony. Kind. It's awesome.
0: We're friends. Yeah. <laughs> That's weird, right? <laughs> That's weird. But you know, I mean that's like what like I I okay, not I am not divorced, but I look at at you and I look at at Seth and I've heard for years the way he and his former spouse uh, relate to one another and that is the the metamorphosis of relationships over time, right? Mm-hmm. Like we should expect nothing less mm-hmm. than every other relationship in our lives that they change. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they we move on from them, sometimes we evolve into them. That that's That's beautiful, right? Mm -hmm. That is a beautiful thing. But it it feels to me like it does not come. It cannot come until you break down this particular wall and forgive.
2: Mm -hmm. No, everything is on the other side of that wall. (laughs) Your best life is on the other side of that wall. Your peace, your wellness, your new relationships, friendships. I mean, you could hang out with a whole bunch of Debbie Downers who are all mad about their divorce? That wouldn't be fun. Mm-hmm. You want to attract people who are uplifting, like you're trying.
1: I like hanging out with those people, Pete. That's a lot of business for. It's me. a lot of business. I was going to say yeah. that's that's called marketing. Yeah, I don't know what Elizabeth. Don't listen to her on the show. Good one. <laughs> So, Pete, you're not going to believe this. According to the National Institute of Alcohol Abuse and Alcoholism, about 10% of children live with a parent with an alcohol use disorder. That's 10%, Pete. As a family law professional, this is an alarming statistic. I
0: think as a human being, this is an alarming statistic, Seth. We want to make sure that all children are safe, especially children are safe with a sober parent, but we also want to help the child maintain a relationship with both parents. And balancing this is one of the hardest things to navigate in custody litigation.
1: Yeah, and I have clients arguing about parenting plans and time sharing and custody and visitation all day long. And you add in the hearsay, the allegation, the weaponization of the situation, and it becomes even more challenging. That's why Soberlink Pete has become one of the most important tools for my clients.
0: Soberlink is really, really cool. It's remote alcohol monitoring. Uh, it is a breathalyzer device, but it's more than a breath breathalyzer. Uh, and it has helped over 500,000 people improve their sobriety and provide peace of mind during parenting time. You know what it is, Seth, this breathalyzer thing. You don't just blow into it. It has facial recognition. It knows who you are, when you are blowing into it. It has, uh, there is a Wi-Fi model that connects to your phone. There's even a cellular model that doesn't need a phone. It's just instant upload uh, to document your sobriety when you need it to be documented. When you're picking up kids uh, for uh, drop-off, for trade-offs, for school pickups, it is there when you need to
1: prove your sobriety. And Pete, courts love it because it's the system that will focus on what's the best interest of the child, which obviously is making sure the child's safe with the parent. And it's independent third-party verification. So your spouse or ex-spouse can't say he was drinking. Well, they can say it, but it's not going to hold up in court when you say, Judge, here's the printout. I blew it this time, totally sober, and it had my facial recognition. You can see it. And what I put, and everyone agrees with this, I've never had anyone argue about this little tidbit I put in these orders, if you're agreeing to do it by a stipulation that turns into a court order, is the facial recognition can only be used in court. Hmm. Your, your former spouse can't take that beautiful picture of you and go weaponize it somewhere else and put it on social media, yeah. yeah, right? So there's ways to protect your privacy when you do this too.
0: And that is one of the central
1: tenets of sober. Like it
0: proves you are sober when you need to prove you are sober, and it is tamper-proof technology and identity solid. Uh, to sign up, you can receive $50 off your device. Just visit Soberlink.com slash toaster. That's Soberlink.com slash toaster. And thanks, Soberlink, for sponsoring this show.
1: Uh, all right. Now, look, you go through this, yeah. though, Elizabeth. You, yeah. you forgive yourself. Yes. Is there a next step? Yeah, the
2: disillusionment with the whole dream, the fairy tale. That's why I wrote my book, Husbands Incorporated, about a fantasy marriage company that you just get a husband for one year, you pay him a prenup, uh, a, you know, money after a prenup after one year, and you get to move on to the next guy and have another husband who you're totally in control of because he's being paid. <laughs> but guess what? That's fiction. Brilliant. And in real life, yeah. I do, in fact, want a partner, with something sacred. But how do you move forward with all that past history and that baggage? Very difficult. But forgiveness first, self work, and and blo- unblocking all the things inside of us that might attract us to the wrong person again. Um, and then really.
1: So I'm gonna I'm gonna back up okay. a step because it makes my chest just get tight when someone says you've got a journal because (laughs) that doesn't work for everybody. Just like you have different types Uh of listeners or learners. I mean, some people learn by doing some people learn by listening. Some people learn by taking Mm. notes, right? There's all these different ways we know we learn. So I appreciate that that worked Mm -hmm. for you. That, that wouldn't work for me because I would never sit down to Mm -hmm. do it. Mm -hmm. Right. So what I did is I went to therapy. I did a lot of just self-work on forgiving mm-hmm. myself and saying, this is what mm-hmm. I did wrong. This is how I want mm-hmm. to change. That, so it was really the same thing. I got it all yeah. out mm-hmm. of me. It, it Like when you described, hey, you're sick, you're throwing up, you're mm-hmm. getting it out. You know, my stomach bug might have lasted a lot longer and it wasn't all in one sitting where I just pounded it out. Like you're saying, when you started mm-hmm. your journaling and I'm not saying it was one night that you got it done, but I think the concept that I went through is exactly what mm-hmm. you describe. Just, I did it in a different mm-hmm. way. So, yeah. you know, I would talk to my friends and they would say, Oh, how you doing? I'm like, I'm doing a lot better. Cause I realized all these mistakes mm-hmm. I made mm-hmm. and here's how I'm trying to improve. And you know, now you actually get a closer relationship with mm-hmm. that person because you're being open, honest, and vulnerable, but how you kind of fuck Mm. things up. And to me, talking Mm -hmm. it out was the way that helped me get Mm -hmm. through that as opposed to sitting down in a room by myself and (laughs) Mm -hmm. journaling like Pete has like, a vision of me in a basement in Florida which there are not eating Cheetos with, I with know with a swinging single <laughs> light overhead yes yeah. exactly.
0: because, did any of your friends when you copped at that did any of them say dude Seth
1: buy a journal <laughs> <laughs> you know there no, but was you know, this there is... was one Hanukkah where I got eight journals for <laughs> oh, eight my days I didn't <laughs> understand what they were
0: saying to me at the time this is my dad was a you know he was in television for a lot of years and he he didn't journal at all but what he did do and when he died we found Bach and boxes of tapes. He had micro cassette tapes, and he would go on these long walks and record his own voice, just getting these things out that he was processing. And it's exactly the same thing. So I totally, I'm, I'm absolutely with you, Seth. Uh, it, it, it journaling can take many forms, and we use the word as a as sort of a, a major category label for figuring out how your brain mm-hmm. processes. And uh, you know, I I love journaling. Elizabeth's a journaler. Seth might not be. A journaling. He's not as cool, but he's still Mm -hmm. present. So So that's
2: such a great, great point because not everybody journals, but I also had therapy, which was extremely helpful to identify my wounds so that I could heal them so that next time I attract somebody who's also healed on those levels. But very importantly, whatever it is, your therapy, your journaling, the equivalent of where you find peace and clarity, that could be hiking in the mountains, that could be swimming, that could be cooking, whatever is your peace. And,
1: like. Oh, my God. I'm so glad you said cooking. <laughs> and I'm serious. And I'm stopping you on this point for a reason, because it's a daily activity. It doesn't have to be this glorious setting that you see in the movies where you come to some epiphany, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It, it's the daily little things that you do that you can find that most mm-hmm. inner peace mm-hmm. um, and look for those. You actually are probably doing them mm-hmm. anyway, but you might not be doing them with any real conscious mm-hmm. thought. But I think that forgiveness comes from the conscious thought mm-hmm. process.
2: I mm-hmm. love that. Powerful.
0: Uh, 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 more steps. Was there another step? So I love the idea of the dissolution of dreams, like being able to, to come to terms with the fact that, you know, your, your expectation meets mm-hmm. reality and there might be conflict at that mm-hmm. intersection or there might mm-hmm. be peace. Right. You could you could be frustrated that your dreams will never come true or you could just be in awe of synchro- like the synchronicity that can or serendipity that can occur at the, when you get there. Yeah. Um, yes, absolutely. So
2: the next the next step is use your imagination, because my whole time journaling about the divorce, I never said divorce. I called it the harmonious resolution. And it was anything but that for 16 years. But guess what? In yeah. that right now, it's a harmonious resolution. And that was the word I used for it. You can call it the law of attraction, faith, belief, whatever. It's what manifests. So regarding yourself, what do you want next? Who do you want to be? Where do you want to go? What do you want to have? And how do you be him or her or they, them? So just believe. So I had this vision in my head of who I want to be. And guess what? I'm her today. (laughs) It feels awesome. Mm -hmm. I am her. It took a long time, but I literally, the way I dress, the way I live, the way I relate to other people, the way I think, I have become that person that I envisioned 20 years ago who is courageous and confident and living the way I want to live my life. So it's really exciting.
1: On that point, I hear this a lot. I'm never getting married again. Oh. You know, I'm not mm-hmm. getting married again. And really what I hear mm-hmm. them saying is, I don't want to go through this bullshit of a divorce right. again. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to go through this dumpster <laughs> fire again. In the way you get away from the dumpster fire, you just don't get into mm-hmm. the dumpster, mm-hmm. right? You don't get married mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was wondering what you're going to say with that one, Pete. <laughs> I did in, that just don't for you. Get in a dumpster. <laughs> <laughs> so my I, God, I the perfectly were saying that. Much. I know. So, But my point on that is what I tell them when they mm-hmm. say that is I appreciate that you're taking a simplistic view. I'm never getting a divorce again mm-hmm. and the way I'm going to prevent that is not get mm-hmm. married. What I tell them is take the harder view. I'm never getting a divorce <gasps> again because the next long term relationship I have is going to there's only one way out. That's what my fiance tells me. There's only one way out and that's Ooh. death. Now you yeah. can take that as a threat <gasps> or you can just take it on. Right. Hey, we're happily ever after till the day we die. It, right. Yes. Yeah. Right. But do the work because every single one of those people end up dating someone and then they want to be an exclusive mm-hmm. relationship and then they get all freaked out on whether they get married or not. And I was like, seriously, you've been dating this person for however many years and you don't think breaking up with them is going to mm-hmm. be difficult. I right. get it. if you've, Their name's not on your house, Mm -hmm. it might be easier, but let's do the hard work where that relationship lasts the way you would expect Mm -hmm. it to. And how do you make that happen Mm -hmm. from your end? You do what Elizabeth did and you become the person you want to become. Because you're never going to make it without that.
2: Yes. I love what you just said.
1: (laughs) That's awesome. I think Elizabeth has been having a tequila because she's agreeing with me way too much on the show today. Pete. I haven't had to ring my bell. I have once, had nothing though, but so yoga today, in terms uh, of getting uh, <laughs>
0: high. <laughs> I, you know, it's so funny you say that, Seth. I wonder, like, I know you probably aren't tracking this, but I wonder if you started a little, a little just sheet of hash marks. How many people say of your clients? How many people say over the course of a year, I'm never getting married again? Like a week after their divorce, I, I imagine that that's close to a hundred percent. And then, oh, yeah. No, I, I don't need hash marks. It's all yeah. of them. Mm. It's all of them. i I, I yeah. got a buddy who finished his divorce and he went through that same cycle too, except for his was a little bit more complicated. He was like, oh, I'm never getting divorced again. I hate it. And that was, or I'm never getting married again. Absolutely hated that. And then he was like, OK, maybe I just need to have a lot of sex. And then he started exploring that. He's like, eh, I kind of want a relationship. And now, apparently, part of the stages of recovery is I think I'm going to be in a throuple or an open mm. relationship now. And then he realized after six months, that's not any fun either mm. emotionally. And now he's back around to I kind of can't wait to get <gasps> married again. And that feels like a really interesting circle of evolution, of realizing, of, of rediscovering self in the process of exploration after divorce. And I know that was, the, that, that was part of what we wanted to touch on today uh, with you, Elizabeth, is how you transition from forgiveness into ongoing self-care leading to hot dates. And Pete, so,
1: we have yeah. to answer that question. I want to do that. I'm sorry to interrupt, but polygamy yeah. is a crime. Okay, because you just talked about a guy doing all sorts of stuff and then wanting to get married. So I don't want him to marry more than one person at a
0: time. Oh yeah, no, I don't think he wants to do that. Okay, just I don't think sure. he wants to marry more than one person. I think he's just done with the throuple culture, which I don't think was what it was stepped up to oh, make. Funny. <laughs> all right, Elizabeth, your mileage may vary. No judgment. Please <laughs> throuple <laughs> it up if you want. So I, I think that that evolution, I have
2: no Pete, that you that trajectory you just shared is really common. Um, I personally, yeah. after all that I've been through, I still believe in finding my sacred person who views a relationship as, as, as a gift, a blessed gift that I believe it is. I want my notebook person, the movie, The Notebook by mm-hmm. Nicholas Sparks. I want that person who is going to lay down next to me when I close my eyes for the final time. Like That's not selfish. It's yeah. like they love me that much or I love them that much.
1: You know, it's interesting you say that because how much of him, your ex-husband, being absolutely vulnerable played into you being able to forgive him? Because he couldn't hurt you at that time. He couldn't have the snide comment back. He was in a coma. So this is a guy at his absolute vulnerability where he will not live without other people taking care of him. (laughs) (laughs) we get like sound effects today I know know. that's deep because you just talked about you you want your relationship your next relationship where if you're taking your last breath for this person when you're totally vulnerable to be laying next to you and I just envision that's what he might have been doing and that's when you forgave him I think being open honest and vulnerable is so powerful for sure because that's when I think people will open up. And I think with Elizabeth's, you know, life story on this, that's he might have had the most power when he was totally vulnerable and he didn't even know it because that opened the door for Elizabeth to say, I promised our kid that you're gonna be okay and I'm gonna do what I can do to make that happen. And here wow. I am. And I forgive you for all that crazy shit you put right. me through. But I'm gonna keep that word to my son. And part of keeping my word of that son is what I need to do for myself. Now, I'm not trying to put words into Elizabeth's mouth. I mean, she's written 40 books. She's much better at this than I. Yeah, she's Uh, she's got them all.
2: It takes work to forgive. It takes work to continue to navigate with all the moving parts. And co-parenting is very challenging. And there's triggers. There's words. There's expressions. There's sounds. There's places that can trigger all the trauma That's just one little comment away and it just comes roaring back. And we have to have sort of internal controls in order to check ourselves. That's why one of you said self-care a little while ago. Self-care is Mm -hmm. imperative. A routine, for me, it was the gym. I just went to the gym. I learned how to strength train. I hit the kickboxing dummy, burned off my anger swimming. It was the best. And it kept me looking and feeling really good too. Um, self-care is also meditation, which is as simple as sitting silently and still and reflecting, turning off all the noise, breathing deeply. Um, self-care is what you put in your body. Don't eat garbage or you'll feel worse because your nutrition affects your mental health, period. So put happy, healthy fuel in your body and you will feel happier and healthier.
1: <laughs> you raised a really good point about going to the gym health mm-hmm. and healthy. I will tell you where I saw this and it it was on Facebook and it made all the sense to me. It was a picture of a woman working out at the gym who said for all those people that say that I'm vain and I I you know I need to look good and I eat healthy to look good what you don't realize is I do all that stuff to take care of myself. And you don't see the trauma I've been through before. And instead of turning to drugs and alcohol and partying late at night, I want to get those endorphins going and I eat healthy and I get my exercise and I get my sleep because that's what makes me feel good. Mm -hmm. And if the result is that I look good in whatever people believe that looking good to Mm -hmm. be, fine. But that's not why I'm Mm -hmm. at the gym. And I thought that was really powerful where you're taking like, I'm doing this for me and here are all these people telling me what they think about me, which I don't really care and I have no right mm-hmm. to know, like back the <laughs> fuck off. Mm-hmm. Like you don't know my yeah. story and you don't know why mm-hmm. I'm here. And I think that eating healthy and the nutrition and getting the exercise, it's easy to say. And, and I get up early to work out and, and I'll get up at five and I will, like any true human being will be like, I do not want to do this <laughs> today. I've never Mm -hmm. once regretted a workout. Mm -mm. Never later in the day have I thought, oh, I wish I didn't work out that morning. Now, it might not have been the best workout, but I never regret. Love
0: that. Love that. Wow. (laughs) Okay. Okay. I'll go to the gym. You guys stop it. (laughs) It's just fine. Put down the Cheetos, man. (laughs) I'm crying out loud. I hear you. Finally. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, I, you know, I think this is just I, I, I hope if you're listening to this, that you are are hearing that there is opportunity for these anchors, these messages, these triggers for you to turn around and see something uh, in your life that allows you to forgive. And forgiving is an inward operation. Mm-hmm. That is that is such a, a valuable resetting of expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I the the last Sort of, I don't know if it's a perspective, but I feel like you you're able to forgive when you're ready to be forgiven. Does that have any resonance to you? Like did did you do you feel like as as contentious as your relationship mm-hmm. was, was there anything that you needed to be forgiven for? Probably from his
2: perspective, but I, I yeah. definitely think that he has forgiven me. I mean, I left with our child. Well,
0: yeah, it sounds <laughs> like it. Yeah, right. Like that's. That's a that would be what we call yeah. a trigger. Yeah, you know that <laughs> Gap Band that's song.
2: That's that the Gap Band. She burned rubber on me, yeah. and he came home, and all he saw was hangers and poles in the closet. He probably Bold.
0: awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so take action, Elizabeth. Act so goes. he
2: he has forgiven me. So it's it's beautiful. Yeah. I I share this for to inspire other people to know that yes, it is possible. It seemed impossible, yeah. but it's possible
1: and if you're out there listening and you're thinking yeah but he wasn't as bad as what i'm mm. going through i assure you people have forgiven that are in your situation mm-hmm. as well
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah for sure
1: you're not alone Mm-mm.
2: out there Mm-mm.
0: Thank you so much, Elizabeth, for joining us, for your time. tell We talked a little bit about uh, about you up front, but tell us what you're up to right now. Oh, what's the most exciting oh, stuff you're doing? Oh, thank
2: you so much. I have another book coming out called The Biz Tribe, Activating Your Goddess Power. And that's coming out in 2023 from Two Sisters Writing and Publishing, our company. And I have a podcast that's all about turning your pain into power. It's called The Goddess Power Show with Elizabeth Ann Atkins. It's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and elsewhere. And you can check it out at thegoddesspowershow.com. So it's really about all the things we're discussing about how to turn your pain into power and really become the woman or man that you really, really want to be.
0: (laughs) Awesome. Links in the show notes to all of those things. So swipe Can't up, wait to see listen those to the, links. Yeah. yeah. Can't wait can't wait to listen thank to that podcast. That's you. Thank be you great. so much. Fan-tastic. This has been an absolute
2: honor and thrill. I appreciate you all so much.
0: Well thank you, Elizabeth, we sure appreciate you. Thank you for uh, downloading everybody. We appreciate your time and attention the most of all. Uh, And uh, you can find out all the links and show notes should be in your podcast app wherever you're listening to this. Or you can uh, check it out on the website. Just visit com. You can find the site. You can find all our past episodes. And you can submit your questions. If you have any divorce questions, uh, submit them. They will come to us. We will uh, process them. And we will throw them at Seth. And he will answer them in the order that they appear. Rightly yeah, or wrongly. they were Rightly or wrongly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you, everybody. On behalf of Elizabeth Ann Atkins and Seth Nelson, America's favorite divorce attorney, I'm Pete Wright. And we'll catch you back here next week on How to Split a Toaster, a divorce podcast about saving your relationships.
2: Seth Nelson is an attorney with NLG Divorce and Family Law with offices in Tampa, Florida.